Welcome to the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. This is episode number 18, where Jeff talks to Ryan Levy and Ian Eastveld from the Nice Winery in Houston. Find out why they wanted to visit Hill Country Wineries. Hi, I'm Jeff Culp, and if this is your first time listening to the Texas Wine Lover podcast and vlog, welcome. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. Today I'm talking to Ryan Levy and Ian Eastfeld from the Nice Winery located in Houston. Thanks for joining us, Ryan and Ian. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having us. So, introduce yourselves, I guess. I'm Ryan Levy. I'm Ian Eastfeld. And uh, together we own the Nice Winery in Houston, and we are... Uh, right now broadcasting from Fredericksburg in the Texas Hill Country. Yeah, so that's quite a bit of ways from Houston, so uh, can you tell us about your winery and your background? You know, our, our winery is a journey, uh, a journey that started about 15 years ago when Ian and I were both living in France, studying as students at Le Cordon Bleu uh, to become uh, chefs. And after our training in France, we moved back to Texas, which is our home, opened a restaurant in Dallas and uh, ran that restaurant until 2005 when we realized that one of our frustrations with wine was there were not enough wines that were made by chefs that were meant to be paired with food. So we decided we could do this better and we, uh, we moved out to California, began training first to become sommeliers, then to become winemakers and in 2007 made our very first vintage in the Stag's Leap District. So that's kind of how we got started, but the idea behind each one of our wines is to make wines that pair well with food. Wines that are balanced for acidity, balanced for fruit content, balanced for alcohol, balanced for tannins, so that when they are presented with food, and I believe and Ian believes that wine is food, um, it will be a complement rather than a detractor. Okay, great. So um, Nice Winery, where did that name come from? Uh, well, the name NICE, it's an acronym uh, in my family. My, my mother um, discovered when she was writing the names of her children down on a list uh, once. And uh, in birth order, my older sister's Natalie. I'm Ian. I'm the I. Younger sister is Cindy. Last name is Eastveld. And uh, that just happened to spell the name NICE. Nice. So, uh, yeah, so <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. Right? <laughs> pun intended or not. Uh, so that's how we became uh, NICE. And at the time, my mother actually uh, started embroidering towels with that with, the, with that on there and they had a boat and they named it nice and then when it came time to name the wine we thought everybody you know, everybody asks for a nice bottle of wine so it just made sense and uh, then this year actually we um, changed the name of our highest end cab to nicer to include Orion R as as the other because he's the other winemaker so that's that's how we get there very good. Love the story. So why did you decide to make wine in California and then you make also wine in Mendoza? Yeah, our training started in California and so it was natural while we were in, living in California, apprenticing under other winemakers and learning to become sommeliers that we were going around to different vineyards and meeting winemakers and we formed a pretty awesome relationship with Dick Stelzner and his daughter Allison in the Stags Leap District. And so we made our very first wine with fruit from uh, Dick and Allison's vineyard, um, the Steltzner Vineyard. It was planted in 1965, one of the most premier uh, Cabernet vineyards in Napa Valley. 
and we were making our wine um, with our friend Steve Reynolds at his facility. And, you know, one of the things we quickly realized was that winemaking was not a year-round endeavor. Um, we would go and start working in September, we'd work through October, and then there's nothing to do for the rest of the year. And in order to get... Except sell it. Except sell it, right? right? But for the first few years, we had nothing to sell because all of the wine was in barrels aging. So um, some of our friends who were Argentinian said, hey, you know, why don't you go down to the Southern Hemisphere where harvest happens in March? Um, we'll, we'll set you up to go tour vineyards and taste grapes and meet winemakers and meet growers. And, uh, you know, hopefully you'll, you'll make a connection and want to make wine down there. Well, we did. We went down and did what I like to call our Argentinian beauty contest. And we literally went vineyard to vineyard, meeting farmers, tasting grapes, inspecting vineyards, tasting juice, and fell in love with this husband-wife team that have been farming for five generations. They farm Malbec, and we now make Malbec from their vineyard down in Argentina. Excellent. So you're a Texas winery. I've heard you've been to the High Plains before. Yep. So you've looked at vineyards, I guess, up yep. there? Yep. And last year you made your first Texas wine. So tell us about that. We did, yeah. It was a great opportunity. Um, a wine club member of ours named Ken Winchie um, has a little vineyard in Cyprus called uh, Honeysuckle Oaks. And Ken uh, said, hey, you know, what if we got together and uh, as a team made a Texas Blanc from Blanc du Bois, which is the great varietal that Ken has been working with for over a decade. And uh, we tasted some of Ken's grapes and juice, and we said, you know, this could be a really great collaboration. And so uh, we, with a little bit of uh, grapes from his vineyard and a lot of grapes from um, John Bowden's vineyard in Anderson, Altamira, um, we harvested our 2014 and uh, crushed it, field crushed it, brought it back to our little winery in Houston, put it in the tank, pitched the yeast, and uh, had a low, slow, cold fermentation for about 45 days. And now, a year later, we've just released our first vintage of our Blanc du Bois. And it's been a hit. It's been really, really successful. Well, didn't you enter that in some competition or something? Up yeah, in we Houston? did. Yeah, we, we entered it in the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo wine competition. And uh, we, were, we were blessed in our very first year to win the gold medal in the uh, Texas white category. Excellent. That's great. Um, so why are we in Fredericksburg right now? So, you know, one of the things that we would like to do is to expand our Texas winemaking uh, portfolio. And that means uh, making friends with other growers and maybe looking for land to plant and understanding a little bit more about the terroir of uh, Texas growing areas. So uh, we're here doing our due diligence and research to figure out what the next step is for us. Excellent. So uh, glass by glass. Glass. There, there we go. That was <laughs> leading by right bottle, in, bottle by bottle. Bottle by bottle. Right, in, right into my next comment there. <laughs> yeah. So this has been a three-day weekend. We're in the middle of it right now, yep. and we visited what three wineries yesterday, and I don't know how many today. I lost count. Um, so I guess what's your impression so far as far as Texas wineries out here in the Fredericksburg area? I'm going to direct this one to Ian. Oh, I mean, okay. Uh, I 
I've been pleasantly surprised, and and I you know I did say a couple you know several years back, uh, you know over five years ago, we knew very nothing about Texas wineries, and um, and uh, really had not a lot of interest in just because we had a little knowledge, and uh, but now uh, you know through you Jeff and you know exposing us to a lot of the different wineries and meeting people, and then um, now us coming out here and getting to taste everything. Uh, it's really exciting to see the potential growth in, in the industry and to see what's happening and and to see that all you know a lot of these wineries have really now they figured out what varietals grow are well which areas and they have newer technologies and the quality of wines are really um, surprisingly good and uh, I think we've been hap happily surprised yeah. and uh, and excited and uh, and we, you know and I think that this is kind of the beginning of something that's gonna grow even bigger and so um, we hope to be, you know get involved in, in, in any way we can. Yeah, I think so. the quality of wine is increasing in Texas. I think that um, there is a camaraderie amongst producers to share best practices and learn from mistakes and that's going to increase the quality of wine across the board. So yeah. um, uh, everyone has been so welcoming and warm and willing to answer questions and wonderful about um, sharing best practices and advice love that it's very texan exactly yeah well we appreciate you actually asking uh, Gloria and myself to uh, show you around some wineries because you know we just don't like visiting wineries you know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway so uh anything else you want to add no we just we love doing what we do i'm going to continue to to do it and make more wine and drink more wine and share it with uh with all our other Texas wine lovers. Thanks for doing what you do, Jeff, and exposing and uh, shining a light on what we do as winemakers. Excellent. Well, thank you, uh, Ryan and Ian, for uh, joining us and chatting with us. And I guess that'll do it for this episode of the Texas Wine Lover Podcast and Vlog. So until next time, cheers. Cheers, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. If you would like to read the show notes and see the photos included in a larger size, check out the blog post at texaswinelover.com. Be sure to check out our archive section on the website for previous podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash txwinelover. Plus, we are also on Twitter. Please subscribe to the podcast either on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Join us next time for another episode of the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. Podcast.